0: So nothing's happened then for the past two weeks, apart from maybe two contracts that are notable.
1: I'd I'd completely... Uh, Nothing else. Like, it's a time of year where even when things happen, I I don't care. I don't care that Ryan Ellis has signed a six-year, what, eight-year $6.25 million contract, like, whatever. Nothing interesting is happening. You know what I mean? Like, all the interesting stuff's already happened. Now, like, it's that stage in the off-season where anything that happens now is something that was so not unimportant, but like not pressing, like, you know, an RFA being locked up a la Ryan Ellis that, you know, it could be left to mid August, so it's not exciting. But like, of course Ryan Ellis was gonna sign a long term contract. It was it was gonna happen eventually. It was all unless they signed it excuse me, to like twelve million a season, it wasn't gonna be <laughs> wasn't gonna be interesting. Like no, yeah. And it's, I don't know, especially where it's like a, a status quo um, signing like that. You know, I, unless it's my own team that I follow, I couldn't really care less about contract extensions. Unless it's like, you know, some ridiculous contract Ala Tom Wilson. It's like, all right, Ryan Ellis is getting a decent wedge. All right, cool, whatever.
0: Or it's one where it's kind of dragged out a à... In the end, it didn't happen, but like Stamkos was kind of interesting because we we're like, oh, where's he going to go? Yeah, um, absolutely. Stay, but there's maybe a chance he won't. But then he stayed, and it's like, oh, fair enough then.
1: Or even like the holdouts, like you play. got with uh, with Josh Anderson last year and Johnny Gaudreau yeah, and, yeah. and players like that. But even then, that's not happening. Mid August mid August is absolute dog days because nothing, nothing interesting is going on around the league. There aren't any deadlines. There's no thing. Dr- there's nothing driving. The interesting storylines, you know what I mean?
0: I know. It's, um, everything at the moment is kind of what's going to happen when, not it's going to happen. Or it's, it's like, it's more ifs. It's just tons of ifs. Uh, maybe this guy will sign, maybe he won't. If this guy moves, what happens then? Hmm. If this guy decides to sign, what happens to this team? I don't know. It happens all the time, though. It's, you just, I guess, I, guess, I don't know if, like, um, I don't know if like hockey writers end up just craving because like, they, they obviously they have time off, don't they? Like this is their time off. And yeah. I wonder if they feel the same way, like they just get bored and think after a week. Like they look forward like and during the playoffs they just look like, Oh my god, two more weeks to go and I'm off. One more week to go then I'm off and then like, Yes, I'm off then after a week at home with the kids they're like, I went to the hockey season again? Like fucking hell.
1: I think they I think they must do to an extent. I forget who I was reading or listening to but I was doing one of the other and they were saying, yeah, like it's in a way where a lot of us are the same as hockey players. Like the first week is absolutely lovely. And then the second week think, well, this is all right. And then by the third or fourth week, you're thinking I'm a bit bored now. Like you're out of your, because like, you know, the hockey season's intense for anyone who's involved in it, whether you're a member of the media or a player or a coach or whatever. And when you have such a stringent, uh, overbearing sort of routine, and then you're thrust out of it with no real drive to get out of bed. It's gotta be a hard one.
0: Yeah, totally. I've always said it's the same, like if you have a summer job and then you lose you lose your summer job. And for the first couple of weeks you're like, Yes, got like my mates every day, fucking cool. Like don't have to work weekends anymore, it's awesome. And then by the time you get to the third weekend, you're just like, fuck, I'm broke. I need a job. Like and I'm bored. <laughs> I've done everything I wanted to do now. I need to, I need something to take my my mind off just with the boredom of life.
1: Yeah, now I, I can't do anything job. because I spent all my money.
0: Yeah, I spent all my money in the first two days. Here's something, but bearing in mind, folks, as you're listening to this, it's going to be let's not let's say not a hockey heavy episode, shall we <laughs> say. But there will be there will be some <laughs> stuff. To, there's going to be some things to talk about. Don't worry. But it was more kind of. Um, Something I just wanted to touch on briefly, nothing to do with hockey at all, was I was watching... Um, I, saw, I saw a BBC3 documentary about, you know, these uh, young lads who do free running and stuff like, you know, parkour. Oh, is,
1: that, is that still going on, fucking, is it?
0: Apparently so, yeah. And now they're... You know those like people who climb up the fucking highest thing in the world and just hang off it to take a picture and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just watching some guys, like... There's a guy on YouTube called Ali Law who's in, from Southampton and I can't decide if I, think, if I if I like him or not and what he does is he's just, him and his mates just trying, they'll break into a place at night, not like forcibly but they're like, there was a trampoline place where they went to, like a trampoline park type place and they basically went through a fire door that had been left open and unlocked and just hid under the trampolines oh, and shut the place down and everyone went home and then they just Climbed up through the trampolines and that was it. They're the place to themselves all night. And like they don't cause any criminal damage, they don't wreck anything. They, they said, like, you know, they put everything back when they're finished. Um and they just do it to see if they can do it. There's one like they go to IKEA. They they two two of them bust into an IKEA and there they find some high-vis jackets. Basically, like they're they're sort of like slowly wandering around. They find these high vis jackets. They've got like cameras on them as well because they're filming it all for YouTube. And they come across a couple of guys, and they're just like, "All right, mate, how's it going?" He's like, "Yeah, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, we're doing some promo videos for you know for Twitter and stuff." He's like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, so "Social media." is like, "Yeah, fucking, they're all over it." He says, "So what do you do then?" He's like, "Oh, we have to just take stock photos." You know, just to say, like, oh, come into Ikea this, you know, into Ikea this week. And then we have to, like, tart them up and that kind of thing. They're like, oh, okay, cool. See you around, lads. Like, yeah, see you later, mate. And it's, like, midnight. Just wandering, <laughs> they're just, like, wandering around this Ikea for flight. <laughs> and no one checks it. But then there's other, you know, there's nothing to do with, like, they climbed up this bridge. Um, I, I'm sure it was the Menai Bridge between Wales and England. And they climbed to the top of the suspension bridge, up the suspension <sighs> cables. Like, no ropes, no nothing. And it's like fucking sweaty palm-inducing because he's just like, Jesus Christ, lads. There's like 10 of them. Like Just one slip, you are done. That's it, you're done. And I couldn't decide if I admire him for having the balls to just do it because he says like, you know, I I was just sat on my arse playing video games all day and I wanted to get out there and see things and see the world. And he does. Or am I thinking, the fucking police have to come out every time you do one of these stunts and you're just wasting people's time. think that- he's like, he's been arrested a few times. And he's got to go to court and all kind. but then like, the part of me just thinks like, good on you for having the balls to do it,
1: you know? It's, it's funny you mention that because there's a weird part. I don't know if it's like a British thing or just like, just a human thing that part of me thinks whenever, whenever you see someone doing something, you know, dangerous and daring, like climbing up a suspension bridge or, or like you say, hanging off like a flagpole on the side of a skyscraper or whatever, there's there's part of you that's like, oh, that's incredible, like you you say, power to you for doing it. But then there's the other part that's like, what a wanker. What an absolute (laughs) cock. You're making a titty yourself. So true. And, like, (laughs) again, I don't know if that's just a British thing because we're all, like, dour, hateful people or... um. Oh yeah, but it's like a universal thing, but it's it's a it's a feeling I have to battle whenever whenever I see someone doing something cool and dangerous.
0: I know it's so <laughs> odd. It's so odd, and he just seems like a you know he seems like a genuine dude. And they climbed up the um, they've climbed up like the tallest building in Barcelona, the tallest building in Paris. They've climbed on the Blackpool Tower, like just around the outside. Right. You think fucking hell, like it's just insane, but. Again, those are the kind of people who you know, like push boundaries and stuff like that. And you think, God, we do need these those. Kind. You know, people who just don't. Sometimes you need people who just don't follow the rules, and they just kind of march to the beat of their own drum, and push things and say, "Well, why is it like that? Why can't it be like this?" And I sometimes you know sometimes you see that sometimes like in fashion and stuff where you're, someone's walking down the runway and you're like, "Who would the fucking ever wear that?" Who's ever going to wear that? It's ridiculous. What are you someone doing? Someone will see that. Yeah, someone will see that piece of that clothing or whatever and have an idea and then it becomes something else. It becomes like ripped jeans or it becomes fucking neon trainers or I don't know, whatever, something like that. And you do need those people. And it's just, just I don't know, it's just a weird internal struggle I have with that kind of thing. And I guess you're right. Maybe it's a British thing, I don't know. But... Yeah, I thought it was really interesting.
1: I think it's it's just part of that. Yeah, like you say, people are pushing boundaries, people are thinking differently, and we are wired to think that if someone acts differently to the norm, they are like, you know, I don't, you know, it, h- historically, they're like crazy, you know, you should steer clear of them because they're doing things differently. And then they're going to, if you associate with them, you're going to be ostracized and you're not going to be able to survive sort of thing. Yeah. I can get it. It's not. Yeah, that's true. It is a weird thing, though, but I think it, it, it does come down to that survival instinct is probably a bit strong, but that social survival instinct, you know what I mean?
0: instinct. We all have to eat. We all have to. We all have to eat to survive, don't we? Will let's get on to uh, failed ex Kate Moss boyfriend Pete Doherty smashing his mega <laughs> breakfast in 19 minutes.
1: A- a- alleged, alleged murderer. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, le- yeah.
1: For former slash current pop star. Um, so, I don't know if you've seen this. Then <laughs> don't you see this. In, <laughs> interestingly, in the, in the paper. Interestingly.
0: Like I got, I got a message about it from from you about <laughs> Mark being back in the news for some
1: reason. Wait, so I was I was on BBC News website because yeah, you know, who watches the news or, or reads papers anymore? And um, of course. so like the, it was on the day of. Ah, oh, no, I'm not even going to give it any any air. A thing happened with that geezer in the US that nobody likes. Um, okay. There was some other like proper serious news politically around the world. And then, like sandwiched in between these on the most read stories on BBC, I think it was like number four. Was it? Uh the t- the the headline was, uh, "Pop star eats mega breakfast in nineteen minutes or something like." that. But it was just such a like Orwellian headline, like in between these serious, like politically charged, like this is there's, there's some terrible things happening around the world. But what people are more interested in is a former pop star slash eating an obscenely big breakfast. <laughs> and it's just... I mean, I lapped it up. I read it. I contributed to it being the most read story on BBC News. But like, it's just so... Part of the problem, I, I absolutely am part of the problem. I'll read stories every single day about <laughs> scummy pop stars eating a fry-up. So for, for people <laughs> who haven't seen it, Pete Doherty um, I think he's still in the Libertines the Libertines were a big band in like the Britpop slash Oasis wannabe revival of the mid 2000s um,
0: well he came back in didn't he they kicked, they kicked him out and then he's now
1: back in I don't know like, as p- far as I know Pete I-, I don't think I've ever heard a Libertine song
0: oh I've heard a couple I oh, mind you I thought that was around my time I suppose yeah I've, I've heard I he's
1: one of those like I know he's more He's he might as well be a Kardashian to me like I've never heard any of the art he's made, anyway. So he's he's pretty down. I, will, with say, out I will say it's
0: good. I will say it's good. They they did good. They, they made really good music. Are it's really? probably too soft. It's still like, um, you know, guitar bass, but it's, it's too soft. It'll be too soft for you because you're like a fucking death metal head, aren't you, yourself
1: so. uh, Am I? I don't know. I'm a I'm a whiny little emo. But, um, that's a conversation for another day, Dan. So True. so Pete Docky, he's a bit down and out nowadays. He's not quite at the height of his stardom he was when he was dating Kate Moss and throwing people out of uh, first floor balconies. Um, Very true. So he's eating a mega breakfast in a, in 19 minutes. This is a mega breakfast that's been around for two decades and has only been finished by 16 people. Um, <laughs> this is exactly the kind of content I was hoping we'd end up covering on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the the hockey coverage was all just a front for basically being um, like a com- a combination of TMZ and um and like your your local paper, like your Thursday weekly like stories. Yeah,
0: cat stuck in tree, man's camera found that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> so so yeah, he's he's eating this mega breakfast. It was like it was big enough that it was brought out on like a turkey platter, and it filled the platter. It had a bloody burger in it, like it was—it was ridiculous. And he ate it in nineteen minutes, and then had a strawberry milkshake afterwards. And this is a rake of a man—a man whose body has been ravaged by drug use for years and years and years. It barely looks like he has room for an apple in that belly, let alone fifty-nine hash browns and a fried egg.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe he's, um, <laughs> maybe he's back on the gear. And he's just—he uh, was just like, I don't know. He was on the come down and he was just like, I need to eat. And that was it. He was just feeding he was just feeding himself back up, ready for his for his next go around, allegedly.
1: The the thing that I found most beautiful about this story, Dan, um and this is a shout out to Joe, because I know you're probably listening to this Joe, and Joe might be the only one of our listeners who uh understands this. But um so he was he was in Margate when he uh when he ate this. For those who don't know, Margate wonderful place. Former
0: <laughs> Mark Margate is almost the second home of Two Bits, One Puck at this point.
1: <laughs> it might as well be the spiritual home of Two Bits, One Puck.
0: That's for sure the spiritual home of Two Bits, One Puck.
1: So he ate in a greasy spoon cafe in Margate, and it wasn't like in the town centre of Margate. It wasn't on the seafront. He's in an area called Cliftonville, which is like... We were talking about Toxteth the other day. <laughs> it's basically Margate's answer to Toxteth. <laughs> Okay. so he's proper okay. deep part of mark 8 with all of the scummiest scummos in all of southeast england smashing this enormous breakfast and it's just like one of those little details that makes the story all that much more real and beautiful and and gritty
0: <laughs> real it's so true <laughs> Because who who would make up that Pete Doherty was in Cliftonville? Nobody. It has
1: to be true. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't be doing it for, for publicity. It's not it's not a stunt. It's not a thing. No.
0: It, it's just It's sure as shit it's sure shit not clickbait. Pete it's... Doherty spotted in Cliftonville. That'll get him that'll get him flocking to the website.
1: <laughs> it's just it's just a man who has made a career as being a bit of a scumbag, living a scumbag life but with less cameras around, is all it is. Yeah, that's true finally back in his natural habitat. What a world. What a world.
0: All right, then. All right, then. Let's get into this, because I've got a question for you. Oh, here we go. North, is the north-south divide of a good old English breakfast, a fry-up, shall we say? Let's go... Let's go... We'll go food for food, and see or not, if you agree or not, that that should be on the plate.
1: All right, All so, right. so are we saying, like your typical fry-up, or what you'd personally have on your plate. Because, like, for example, I don't mess with fried tomatoes, but I perfectly accept that they're part of a, a good, balanced fry-up.
0: Yeah, I agree. There are things I won't have, but they. Sh- if you're saying a typical fry-up, they should be there. But I, yeah, I agree, I wouldn't have them. But yeah, we're saying what should be on there. Things,
1: Even, things yeah, you'd expect everything. on the menu of, yes. yeah, if you just have have a filling dish.
0: Yeah. So, as you say, we'll go with it already. Fried tomatoes, yes. Has to be there. That's a that's
1: a big fat yes. Oh, while while we well, before we start, what's what's your um what's your cafe? What's your cafe called?
0: Ah, oh, it's called Castle Cafe.
1: Oh I like it. Nice.
0: But bizarrely, the most um breakfasts uh, the most egg fraps I've had in my life have been at Little Chef's.
1: Oh, mate, little chef I haven't been to a little chef since I got pubes on my bull bag, I don't think. What, two weeks ago? Hey, I had it this morning.
0: Hey, zing. There we go. Uh, yeah, mostly little chefs. I've had my... Um, and do you know what? <laughs> Christ, I'm glad my wife's not here to hear this. I've had most of my McDonald breakfasts in my life the night after. I've had uh, the company of a young lady, shall we say. And we've like... I'm at her house or we've got like a, a room somewhere for the night and I've just gone out the next day and like, yeah, McDonald's breakfast, that'll do. And I've bought us both breakfast. And that's when I've had most of my McDonald's breakfast as well.
1: I find I find I have my McDonald's breakfast when when I have to get up like really early. I'm not getting up at like, you know, seven o'clock and having a McDonald's breakfast before work and I think like, like it's a, it's a like yeah. four or five in the morning start. And I, I still haven't quite worked out whether it's a correlation between the early start or the McDonald's breakfast that causes me to feel like absolute arse come 11 o'clock. I'd imagine it's see, a combination McDonald's of the breakfast both. Are...
0: Yeah, McDonald's breakfast are one of the few things I would eat from there all the time. I'm, I'm, ah. like, I, I never get anything else from there because it doesn't fill me up. I could eat three chicken sandwiches and it wouldn't even bother me. I just, It's just like air food. Somehow, even though it's like 700 calories and everything... But the breakfasts are fantastic. Oh, mate. Um, Bumble sausage Egg McMuffin. Oh, God.
1: Sign me up for a McDonald's breakfast every day until the day I die, which would be about eight days yeah. in. But. <laughs> that'd be eight incredible breakfasts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when you're like. Uh, when your liver explodes. <laughs>
1: it's like. um. Right, okay. Oh, I know. we because. Oh, hell, it's middle. August. Yeah. we can talk about McDonald's breakfast for another four, what, 45 minutes. Yeah, of course we can. Right. So, so, we've so go fried tomatoes. <laughs> yes.
0: I would also, and then okay, you name
1: one. Um, I do like uh, fried mushrooms.
0: Agreed. Fried bread.
1: Oh, every day of the week. Yeah. Go on. Um, <laughs> this is not the worst game show ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like Mister and Mrs. or some shit.
1: Uh, bacon. Bacon fried.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, bacon. bacon. <laughs> let's just let's just assume everything's fried, even the tea.
1: Okay. <laughs> sort of in the in the title, isn't it? You fry you fry the tea fried. bag and then you add the add hot water
0: and then you add the fried add the fried milk the fr- and then oh. the hot water. Oh, mate! Fr-
1: like you fry the milk so it sticks into the pan and then you chip it off and put it into a cup. Oh, it'd be like halloumi. <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: you've now convinced me that's all Calumi is. It's just fried milk.
0: Fried milk. Um, Shit, what do we get to? You say say bacon, yeah? Yeah, I I just said Uh, bacon. Yeah. Uh, Sausages. Ah,
1: easy (laughs) one. Easy. (laughs) This is fucking surreal. Uh, Hash browns.
0: Hash browns, yeah.
1: Is that it? No. I can think of another relatively obvious one. Well, a couple actually.
0: Well, th- oh, sorry, well, think more, think yeah, more I'm traditional. I think in drinks as well. Let me go drinks. Has to be a, a cup of tea, obviously.
1: Well, no, you you're either offered a tea or a coffee for free with it.
0: Yeah, but it it should be tea, if we you know, it's a British fry up.
1: <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but we we, we live in back. we live in the age of metropolitan Britain, so we're allowed a cup of a cup of coffee with it.
0: I suppose. God, it's got, my, but it's got to be a cup of on then, and that was
1: scary <laughs> that not, you, you almost started thinking like a Tory um, god that
0: was terrifying
1: the the coffee has to be Nescafe gold just understirred enough that you've got a couple of bit, a couple of granules floating at the top I'm not getting Nescafe gold at the fucking Castle Cafe <laughs> alright all right, so, Tesco gold
0: it has to be brown <laughs> that's it
1: that's all it is. Like if it's just tap water that it is brown, that's fine, that counts as coffee.
0: It's brown tap water.
1: What the hell am I missing out? Oh god, there's there's two that I'd consider pretty obvious and pretty standard. Did I say
0: oh did I say beans or
1: not? Mm, no, you haven't said beans yet.
0: Oh beans, Oh, of course yeah. yeah, beans.
1: yeah I'm, I'm with you on, I'm with you on beans and then the, the classic one I say is um black pudding. Shit, oh, with- I
0: wasn't going to say that because I did not think you were going to go with the black pudding. I thought you were going to go like, oh, you know, do that southern thing of, er, that's dirty.
1: Oh yeah, er, it's dirty. I'm not about black pudding in the slightest. But I accept that it is an absolute staple of a fry-up. Black pudding is phenomenal work. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal work. Yeah, a fucking piece of shit.
0: Actually, oh, here's a little lesson for you children. In the, If you're listening to this outside of the Dirty British Isles... Black pudding is basically fried pig's blood. It's put into a uh, the pig's blood is put into a giant kind of sausage case. So it's like a sausage but really but like super thick
1: and black. And then
0: you just and black. Oh god, microphone just went. Sorry, buddy. That's going to be a horrible noise for you a lot. Uh, and then it's a, it's just yeah, it's basically fried, of course. And it turns black and it's and it does like fat in it and they sometimes put like um not like barley or a bit of oats in it but usually it's like pig's blood and fat and it's delicious absolutely oh, delicious
1: like even thinking about it is making me want to die that's oh, awesome it's awesome I've, I've just thought there's another classic of, of any kind of breakfast that we've forgotten which is absolutely poor and we're making it sound like we've never had a fried breakfast in our lives oh god and I'm concerned what is it well I did black pudding so you've got to, you've got to work it out oh god damn it <laughs> Come on, think. Yeah. Think. I'd right. show
0: needs more now. That that's what the show needs on the twenty third of August is me
1: thinking. Well you With got like no news. We're getting close to training camp down, we've got to start ramping things up a bit, haven't we?
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, cri- critical thinking for a for a Thursday night?
0: I suppose. Oh god, I could do I could do some kind of statistician talking to me about what goes on a what goes on a full English.
1: What's uh what's the war for a for a full English? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's bacon's coursey like
1: <laughs> the expected goal was four of uh, of baked beans um,
0: yeah, can we uh, can we check on the tea versus coffee shop percentage
1: how's that how's that working out um, come on you've think back to mcdonald's breakfast i am not a muffin <laughs> i am i always am um no not a muffin
0: no, no idea. Go on. You got me.
1: Fucking fried egg?
0: Shit. Come on. Oh my god. That's terrible. We are terrible British yeah, people. That's awful, isn't it? How bad is that? Do
1: you have do you have you your that? egg fried or scrambled in your full English?
0: Oh fried for sure. Fried. Yeah,
1: scrambled every day of the week.
0: Why are you having a scrap? why? Jesus Christ, well, scrambled eggs and no black pudding, could you will be any bigger?
1: <laughs> Jesus. I wish it was so I could shove more scrambled egg in it. <laughs> Are you not a fan of fried eggs? Uh, like I like them. Um, is it over easy when you fry both sides? I'm just not a fan of runny yolk. Really? Nah, Dude, I love runny yeah, yolk. Of course you do. Of course you do. You bloody knuckle I dragger. I
0: am. I'm an absolute. Do you know <laughs> this is gonna be? T- this is gonna sound horrendous. I'm an absolute knuckle dragger. What I do is. Got typical northern knuckle dragger. I save my black pudding till the end. Oh no! I normally have th- I normally have three slices. Oh, <sighs> do you have ketchup or brown sauce?
1: Oh, brown sauce for breakfast. Can't have anything oh, else.
0: See, so you redeem, you redeem yourself a little bit there. Yeah, it has to be brown sauce. I mean, I fucking I hate ketchup anyway, but whatever. Um, so I- what I do is at the end I save my black pudding and then I use it to mop up like the bean, egg, and brown sauce juices together. Oh, it's amazing.
1: <sighs> like, nah. <laughs> I'm I'm not about that life. That is the most like black pudding and runny egg yolk mixed together. <laughs> I think I'd I'd rather die than uh, than do that.
0: Christ, scrambled eggs and you may love you may have love a continental breakfast. You are having scrambled egg?
1: Do you have any ham, please? Any croissants? Ooh. Oh, scrambled <laughs> egg and a croissant. That'd be too much.
0: It will be. I, I see. I'm not see. I'm not really a fan of like pastries for breakfast.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't really. I love a good pastry. Love a good pastry. See, if you were closer to the continent, Dan, you'd appreciate a pastry. But uh, considering the fact that you're Just basically Scottish,
0: point. yeah, <laughs> it's a fair point. That's why I don't like them. I've never had a good one, probably because it takes like five hours to get them up here, and by that time they're all stale as shit. Whereas you're getting them fresh off the boat from Calais. Aren't
1: fresh you? off the <laughs> boat. I like all my things fresh off the boat, Dan. <laughs> Um, here's, here's one for you so you got your fried slice you've got all your other all your yeah. other bits this is fucking incredible yeah. toast as well how do you feel about toast as well
0: nah I wouldn't go toast and fried bread I'd nah. just go, because like having fried bread and toast is like I don't know it's like having sex with a really hot woman and then just like rubbing one out like there's no point about it. It's like, why would you have a hamburger when you can have a fucking good steak? Like, fried bread is phenomenal. And toast is fine, but
1: it's just fine.
0: It's nothing special, is it?
1: Yeah, but it's another, it's another, another excuse me, another string to your bow. It's another another bit of ammo in your arsenal. Oh, I've got a couple of bits of toast there. <laughs> Perfect. You've got fried bread. You don't need the toast. Yeah, but I find the the I I normally go. You get a couple of slices of toast as like your appetizer while they're fried and everything. That's not bad. Here's a couple of bits of toast, mate. Enjoy that with your cup of tea. We'll bring you uh, bring you the main course in a minute.
0: Nah, I don't like that. Nah, that's like getting a milkshake and then getting a glass of milk. What's the point? <laughs> it's got a fucking milkshake in. <laughs> that's it's
1: like a, start of having a glass of milk. Start having a glass of red milk and then getting a milkshake. Yeah.
0: Do you know what it is to me, like when I grow up, when I grow up for somewhere, somewhere for something to eat with the missus or, and or, and my daughter, is I don't want to get stuff I can just make at home. I can have toast any time I want. I can, make, I could go make toast right now in the middle of the show if I wanted to. Be like, <sighs> why would I? I don't want that. I'm not, gonna, right. I'm not going to make fried bread every day though.
1: That was a really threatening proclamation. <laughs> do I, mean? I don't need you, Will. I can go make toast right now. <laughs> what?
0: I'll show you, Will. I could make toast right. You'll see. You'll all see. I can make toast. Right now,
1: but then, surely that goes for like you. You could make any part of a fry up on on your own.
0: Yeah, but I'm not gonna. A fry up is an event. It's not just <laughs> I'm gonna knock up a fucking seven piece fry up in my kitchen. I can't be bothered.
1: I can, I can, like, I can barely bother to do beans yeah, on toast, let alone <laughs>
0: sausages, bacon, fucking mushrooms, fucking everything else. Fried bread, cup of tea. Like fuck, no, I can't be asked for that.
1: If it's not coming out of a box so, straight like, into a I'm bowl, I'm, then I'm not interested. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, to, I just, I literally, have, I have a protein shake in the morning, oh, or mate. if if I'm if i have just exercised, I'll have a bowl of porridge. But that's like fucking in the microwave, two minutes done. So
1: yeah, that's, that's basically the same as uh, same as having a bowl of cereal. Then really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm not. Yeah, to me, to me, a fry up's like an event. Like get your mates in, get down the calf, have a quick chin wagon, and fry up. All good, all good.
1: For for me, fry ups are like two in the well they used to be like when I was a teenager two in the afternoon breakfast when, <laughs> when you're all waking up ridiculously late after yeah. a night of just being a heavy idiots night. and then like alright oh, yeah. we better stagger down the calf, get a uh, get a um, fried breakfast
0: a fry up is uh, is you've just woken up at two in the afternoon after climbing Blackpool Tower the day before with no safety net or harness <laughs> and you wake up and you like what did we do last night shit Fry up sounds good. Let's go.
1: Imagine if he'd had a fry up before he climbed the Blackpool Tower. Like it wouldn't. That's how. You, that's how you die. That's how you die.
0: God, you're right. I'm just trying to think about it. Like, what's that coming down the Blackpool Tower? Uh, oh God, it's kind of orange and slimy. Oh God, gross. <laughs>
1: it's fry up, bomb. Delicious.
0: Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> there we that's, go. that's half an hour of fry ups. <laughs> Thirty minutes on the British on the wonderful English breakfast. Oh god. So as you know, well it's August and not much is happening. <laughs> so
1: it Sounds like everything's happening. It's just all to do with the culinary failings of the great British nation.
0: Yeah, that's true. I wanted to I wanna quickly mention um, Biscuits has come to oh, an yeah. end.
1: Yeah. R.I.P.
0: Um R.I.P. in peace biscuits. Uh, Dave Lozo and Sean McIndoo. Um Lozo's got to work working with Katie Nolan is not he? Isn't he writing for her show? Is he's, uh,
1: he's in TV now yeah over
0: at ESPN TV
1: which is yeah so it's, it's one of those weird jobs that I don't obviously I understand but writing for a, for like a sports show I don't get I do, I do get it obviously just writes the jokes and the but I can't get my head around actually doing it you know what I mean? Writing like a, a sitcom or something as well. They just—they
0: just like, yeah, but it's the same process, isn't it? They, they just get like six or seven people and just lock them in a room and say, "Right, we need like twenty minutes worth of material by the end of tomorrow. Get on it."
1: We need jokes about the about the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I need a, I need all your well, senators senators hot takes, which is what, which is why Lozo's going to be there.
1: Like he'll be the he'll be the hockey jokester. He's gonna he's gonna churn out like a month's worth of ho- hockey jokes, and maybe get one used. <laughs> yeah,
0: every t- every time he sends up a joke, he's gonna be like, "No one watches hockey. Why right, don't send us this?" <laughs> no one's gonna get this joke.
1: But all, all seriousness, though, like that's that's a great great move for Lozo because he's been freelance for ages, and like he's well seems like a fantastic guy, and I'm a big fan of of the work he does. So that'd be cool for him to have a good career move, as it were.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, maybe that little tiny, small, independent hockey podcast he does with that other guy now might be something. You know what I mean?
1: Get get a bit of a bump in uh, in the listening. Now they're both working for ESPN.
0: Yeah, now now they're both working for like a nationally recognized company. Um, maybe now they'll get more listeners to that small independent show that they do from like you know their mum's basement when they're both sat on the floor.
1: (laughs) Or not? It's weird that Puck Soup's now like. A proper ESPN podcast. <laughs>
0: There's something else that fuels my argument.
1: <laughs> I wonder if um, right, well, no, obviously wouldn't, but if they'd ever consider like, I know they probably wouldn't sell the rights to ESPN, but you know, I mean, like have
0: they could totally do it, like Puck Soup presented by ESPN. They could totally do that, couldn't they?
1: If they yeah, but work for it anyway. But, you, you may as well. But when you compare Puck Soup to um. ESPN on ice, like the content is so dramatically different. I don't think ESPN would want to put their name to, you know, two hours a week of, of dick jokes and Taco Bell reviews.
0: Bane impressions.
1: Yeah. Oh, excuse me.
0: What did you, what did you, um, I'm not really but like, you know, like, I've listened to some, uh, Podcast before on other subjects and they're like, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't sort of want to talk about other shows or, but I don't give a shit, you know, hockey, I I treat hockey as just being kind of, like I said before, it's that feeling of belonging to like kind of almost like a secret club. Because when you see someone out in the wild, like, oh my God, hockey fan, cool. You know, like, it's just like a weird thing, to, especially in England, it's a weird thing to see sometimes. So I I enjoy like all aspects of the game and talking to anybody about it. So I'm not sort of like, oh, we can't talk about other podcasts or what they do, I don't give a shit, because it's awesome, but... What were your thoughts on, like, Biscuits as a podcast? Because see, I always found it it was such a weird dynamic. Because Sean is, has, like, maybe the driest sense of humour I've ever heard in my life. Whereas Dave comes from, like, Puck Soup, which is them two just, like, goofing around and, like, say, telling dick jokes. Whereas then Sean isn't that. Sean's just a very, almost like a, the straightest straight man. And I always found the, uh, not, well, the chemistry wasn't off. I just always found it a really weird kind of dynamic between the two of them.
1: I, I sort of see what you mean, but like Lozo when he was presenting biscuits, because because obviously like, he moved into sort of the the Wyszynski chair of the of the sort of curator of the podcast sort of thing. Obviously he still has his input yeah. and his and his opinions, but he was like the host and he he ran the show basically. So he had a bit of a different. It wasn't the same Lozo from Puck Soup, with the same sort of antics and personality. He was a bit more. I always took, took Biscuits as a more serious podcast, partly yeah, because you know they only had the hour. Obviously, they was still messing around and stuff and had jokes. It was still a very funny podcast, but it was a lot more, right, this is what we're going to hit. We're going to hit it in an hour. We're going to be quite concise of it. So it wasn't that element of, of goofing around, as you say. So I, I think it worked. I, I always liked it. It was always worth a listen.
0: Oh yeah, I thought it was, I thought I, I always loved it for that for that reason. It was uh, for the reason I mentioned that it seemed odd was that I just loved the chemistry between the two people and that I think there was like, there were sometimes that Dave would tell a joke and like laugh to himself and just be just be like dead silence from Sean and I be thinking oh Sean just like chuckle a little bit you know give him like throw Dave a bone or something. He's just like he's just kind of hanging out there on his own.
1: Yeah, but you, you've got to remember, sure, like, Ghost Brown has been a Maple Leafs fan for a number of, for you know, what, however many years he's been alive. And he lives in Ottawa. So he's like, you know, the first 30, 35 years, whatever of his life has been misery anyway. And now he's just surrounded by misery. So he's sort of, he's probably forgot when he, you know, a couple of years ago when the Leafs started getting good, he was thinking, oh, I might remember how to laugh soon. And, um, yeah, unfortunately... <laughs> the Senate is going off the uh, off the wagon he's now just like i feel like he's living in a black and white world in Ottawa. like a dickensian oh, nightmare i thought he probably all
0: I'd love love to check back in a year if Biscuits gets rebooted. Like Lozo gets fired or something. So they bring Biscuits back in a year and the Leafs have just won the cup. And it just starts off with like Sean being like, what's up everybody? (laughs) Woohoo! Just laughing his heart off at everything. And Dave just telling dick jokes and Sean being like, oh my God, that's so true. Oh my God. He just suddenly finds his smile again.
1: Like it sounds like Sean McAdoo has his shirt off the whole time and he's like spinning his t-shirt above his head.
0: He's just squirting silly string at anything that moves. He doesn't care. He's throwing streamers around the room for some for no reason.
1: You can hear the blue maple leaves painted on his chest slowly melting away.
0: <laughs> oh God! All righty, man. Jesus. I mean, seriously. I'm looking at the run sheet here. I mean, Christ Almighty. Here's a question. Here's a question. Go on. Kind of hockey related, but sports in general. Do you? Because this is something I was. Um, I was thinking about it last week, after um, Celtic got knocked out of the Champions League, in the hey. qualifying, third qualifying, yeah, the third qualifying stage. I then spent like two hours reading reports, like looking at stats, wondering where it went wrong, like who should we have signed. Going on Twitter, like looking at all the hashtags for the game, and I was thinking, Christ, I've just wasted two hours. Do you think? Can you enjoy sport as much? If you don't follow a specific team, are you wasting your time invest like i mean it's Christ, forget football because we actually, at least we live in the country or on the land that they play in hockey let's take the sake of hockey right you follow Dallas you don't live anywhere near Dallas, like you're fucking thousands of miles away, yet yeah, you will go online every day and like check news or look for something even if it's five ten minutes, but during the season it's way more, and the same with the Bruins. All the fans, you know, even if you live in the city, you'll do the same thing. You, we have no control over anything to do with these teams. And it's the classic joke I've told before. You're not rooting for the team. You're rooting for the jerseys. Because the players change. The fucking coaches change. The fans will come and, the, you know, fans will grow older. Some fans will, obviously, shocking, but some fans will die. They'll go. New fans come in. Nothing's the same at all. Except the jerseys all you're rooting for is for my jerseys t- to be your jerseys. Is that a waste of time? Like, can you enjoy a sport if you don't follow a specific team
1: well, as much? I think that's like a, it's a person-to-person thing because there are plenty of people you hear say, oh, oh I, just, I just love the sport. And no matter what sport it is, being football, hockey, cricket. No, cricket's not really a sport, but, like there are plenty of people out there who don't have a, a vested interest in in a particular team, but still claim to really enjoy the sport. And I, I wholeheartedly, hardly, wholeheartedly believe them, but for me, like I have to have a vested interest. It's just not the same. Like, you know, I can I can still watch a hockey game or a football game between like two um two sort of uh, neutral parties from my standpoint, but it's not the same. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just not it. I'm not as excited. It's not you know you're not hanging on every play, thinking, oh, "Is it going to be a goal for my team? Like, are we going to concede? Are we going to go a bit further into the hole?" Like you know, there's not that palpable tension that I, I personally think brings the most enjoyment out of sport. Like I yeah you know, I found it um, best exemplified in in the during the World Cup you know last couple of months um, when my family was sitting around watching England play. And seeing like my mother in law, mother half, her sisters, getting really invested in it, and these these are people, you know, they don't enjoy, they don't watch sport at all, you know, they watch the Olympics and obviously they've watched England at the World Cup, but the way that they were so, you know, the way they were reacting to to you know different plays building up and, and goals, you know, for and against England, really summed it up for me as I like, want right once you actually have a reason to care. It completely changes the way that that you react to a to any sport. I, I think it's I think it's vital. But again, it's like I said, it's it's personality wise. So so for me and I think for a lot of people, you have to support a club to really enjoy it. But power to people who just like the sport for the sport.
0: Yeah, I mean like during the season, like say that like say the Bruins are on the west on the west coast or something. Yeah, I'm not watching that game. So I'll watch like on a Saturday, sometimes you'll have like two eight o'clock games or, you know, and I'll have them both on at the same time. Or I'll have, like sometimes if I'm not in work, like I said, the next day, I'll have the midnight games on and I'll have three games on at the same time because I'm interested and I want to watch, you know, as many games as possible, even, even if my team's not playing. And I still get, the, like, I agree with you, I still get the same enjoyment from it. But then like my second point, like I said, was, is it then a waste of time to be so invested in a team and so invested in something that you have no control over.
1: No, nah. I understand
0: it's a weird. I understand it's a weird question, but you need to just like, just sit back for a second, just step out of it for a second, and look at it from an outsider's point of view. That if somebody came down and said like, an alien race came, comes down and says, "All oh, right, what what's happening?" And you say, "Well, that team there has to get that object into that netting, and that team there has to do the same to the to the other side." And like, right, okay, why are you cheering for that team? Well, I am. Yeah, well, why? Like, do you have any control over this? No. Well, what? why? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like it.
1: I think it's, like, there's, like, a vicarious aspect of it. Like, you're living, you know, your allegiance to a certain team, to a certain logo, to a certain city, whatever it is, enables you to, um, you know, sort of feel that, you know, if they win... You, know, you not that you've personally won something but it has to put it like you know, you are you are part of something because you haven't you, know, you haven't scored the goals on the ice or anything but the team you have chosen to support has done something incredible so it gives you that you know that reaction of oh excellent my team is winning. You know what I mean? It's it's that sort of aspect of... I
0: agree. And it's that thing that fans do when they say, oh, we were awesome last night. No, you weren't. They were. <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> you just cheered from your living room. Like, they won it. You didn't win anything. And I get it. I'm, I'm part of it. I just... You know, I like to kind of step out of something sometimes and try and, like, you know, I play devil's advocate to it.
1: Yeah, try and dissect it a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, I've just... I it's a ridiculous well, I was just, it's absolutely ridiculous it, you know any any sort of fandom any um, well yeah sport sport specifically is is absolutely ludicrous even when you break it down to international sports like it's you know just because that team is full of people from the same country it doesn't necessarily, they don't represent you necessarily but at the same time they absolutely do and the club teams that you choose to support absolutely do represent you because you've chosen them for a reason be it geographical or um you yeah, know philosophical ethical whatever whatever reason you've chosen the team you've chosen to allow them to represent your interests and specifically your interests in the sport so their success or object failure at the sport represents the success or failure of your interest in the sport you know what i mean yeah
0: totally and i think i was talking to um I was on holiday in eight, well, when the play, when I was on holiday while the playoffs were on, and I was talking to my friend about it because I it was I was there when uh, the Bruins had lost the third game uh, to go down two one to Tampa, and I was just like fucking like, just moping around the pool, and he was like, "Oh, bad result then." I was like, "Yeah, fucking shit," and we, then we just started talking about you know, and we we said as well that like, there's a subconsciously I think it's a tribalistic thing as well. Yeah. And that, and I'm i I'm a huge I'm a huge believer in the subconscious of males and females, um, and the role that plays in their decision making, and I think sports like sports is that male sort of decision to like okay I have to be part of something I have to belong to a group or a cause of something, and I'm not like a crazy radical or whatever so it's sports. I belong to this group of sports people and this team, and that's that, that's definitely got a big, a big thing to do with it as well.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's any kind of um, uh, sort of social divisions that we choose to put up. Be it you know the type of music you yeah. choose to listen to, the type of films that you listen to, uh, watch, and yeah, you know, it's it's just supporting anything. Like, um, I th- I think yeah. I'm sure this is very, you know, it's less common than, than feeling success when your your favorite team wins wins a game or anything. But you know, say, say you really like a, a film or a TV show, you might not be as invested. But if they win an award or something, it's almost validation of your good taste, sort of thing. You feel like, oh, excellent! Yeah, the, the thing that I like is doing well. So that makes me feel good, and I think that part of that translates over to sport as well. Because, like, yeah, you know, the team I like is doing well, that somehow means that I'm doing well because I've made the right choice.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true. I like the I like the comparison to TV shows and stuff that. because I I'll do that if a TV show wins an award. Yeah, good. You deserve that award. I really enjoyed that show. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I love it. i i I've, I've, I've thought that for a while. Like. Mainly because, like, watching, you know, bloody fan TV shows and and things like that, where they're just absolutely losing their fucking mind and going crazy. And part of me just looks at them and thinks, oh, you fucking weirdos, what's wrong with you? But then I do the same thing. And I think, God, like, (laughs) I can't, like, I just, like, I can't stop myself from doing it. And I've tried before, like, I've tried in the past, like, a few times to actively stop following a team. And you just can't do it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know how people can, not that they're wrong, they're 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 right. They're more right than me, I think, because like I say, I feel like it's you know it's just weird. But to have a team and then to either switch to another team or to just not follow that team but still and not care, you know, like if you lose and still watch the sport, it's just I don't know. I find it insane.
1: A, <laughs> I don't know how people do it. On a slight tangent to that, because that's I think that's really interesting. What you've what you've just raised there, because. Being a fan of of a West Coast team, and obviously you know, a lot of Stars games aren't starting until two in the morning at our time, you know most of the time unless they're playing on an East Coast trip, um, I've I've tried a couple of times over the years to sort of invest myself in an East Coast team to have a team that I'd be able to watch a bit more often, especially considering really just you know not not as much as I'd enjoy the Stars. But just enough yeah, to... Yeah, not to replace them. No, but to feel a bit a bit more of a connection. And, you know, for like the matinee games, because the Stars are never going to play in a like, matinee game. No one cares enough about them on a national scale. So I've looked yeah. to try and get invested. Yeah, Not even to, to you know, bleed a different colour, but just to want to know more about the team and have that level of knowledge about, like, the prospects and, like you say, be invested in the scores. But I just can't do it. Like, I don't... I'm already so invested in the Stars as a team that it's given me that fan reaction that you get, where every other team in the league is the enemy. So you can't, yeah, I can't like another team because even though you know, say if I if I became a Devils fan as well as a Stars fan, the Devils' results, unless they're against the Stars, don't affect the Stars in any way, shape, or form. But there's still that tribalistic thing of no, they're different. They're not us, so I can't associate with them.
0: That's no, true. Have you, ever, have you ever met someone as well who's got two teams? You're like, what? You've got what? Two teams? Like, <laughs> you, no, no, you're kidding, right? Like, that's not possible. <laughs> like, you need lynching. Get him. I can, I can understand.
1: Get the, like, get the torches. Get the pitchforks. Like saying, saying football. If you're like, oh, I like yeah, this is my favourite team in Spain, this is my favourite team in, in Germany or whatever. But I can't understand being a fan of another team as well. Like, there's yeah, there's a difference between saying, oh, I like watching Barcelona play football and saying, I'm a Barcelona fan. Because for me, like, a fan is, as, as stupid as this is to say, like, fandom is singular in sports. You know what I mean? Like, you are yeah. a fan of one team. You can't be a fan of two teams. You know what I mean?
0: It's so weird, isn't it? It's so weird.
1: Yeah. Oh God, it's really weird. I think even even down to like, like, say say in football, like Arsenal reserves. Like I don't in in like in like reserves and youth teams, you are more cheering for players actively, and I think that that translates onto. Cheering for other teams, like I cheer for other players in any sport. Like I want to see, like I love me a bit of Wayne Simmons, but I'm not a Philadelphia fan. Like, uh, yes. like I love yes. Marco Royce, but I'm not a Dortmund fan. Um, yeah. And again, down to your like, even down to the Texas Stars. Like, it's good to see the Texas Stars do well in the AHL. But if the young prospects who I know are meant to be coming up to the NHL at some point aren't doing well, I'm not. That that's more and more invested in. I'd far far sooner see like Rupe hints have a five point nine and play a game of his mind and and the stars lose six five than some you know thirty five year old AHL grinders leading them to a two one victory and our prospects doing shit. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like if if the Providence Bruins are on like a, a sort of a player front at the end of the season, but then like the like Boston gets like five injuries or something stupid. I'd like yeah, call those players up. I don't care how your playoff run's going, <laughs> problems. <properly>.
1: Sorry. <laughs> like See you later. Boston needs to win. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've yeah. got the coyotes away in game seventy nine. Yeah, sorry. That's where the cookie crumbles.
0: On <laughs> you go boys. It's true. No, it's so true. I love that. I love that. It's like like we're saying, almost like we were saying before about the human condition with those lads like, you know, running around on roofs and fucking Diabol Tower and shit. It's that that's that weird human condition of things.
1: It's it's exactly the same. Being being a sports fan is exactly yeah. the same as uh, climbing up the outside of the Blackpool Tower, <laughs> because because <of, laughs> like, it's, it's absolutely you, pointless you, apart from your own satisfaction. There you go. Yeah. No. Yeah. There right. you go. You like that. There you
0: go. I did like. I did like that. I did like that. But no. But like you know, it's the human condition. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we latch onto sports teams? Like. I I didn't even have to like both of us. We didn't have to, Some football team like when you're like in England, you know, or, well any sports team, usually you just like you just in like there's no kind of choice almost. Like you you like if you go to school with loads of Man United fans, you probably support Man United. You kind of don't have a choice because everyone in school is a United fan, and if everyone in school is, then yeah, that's the way your allegiance is probably going to go. Like if your family. Are all fans of a certain team? You'll support that team. If your dad's taking you to, I don't know, fucking Maple Leaf games or Capitals games, that's it. You're a fan. But we didn't even, we didn't have to do this with hockey. We could have just watched it. We didn't have to pick teams. But we both, in a weird way, made a subconscious decision to like, right. I have to pick a team. I have to have a team. I can't just watch the sport and enjoy it.
1: I have to choose a side. Like I have to. Yeah. I have to make I a have decision. To stick
0: my name to something. Yeah, I have to stick my name. It was a, like I say, it, it didn't even cross my mind to not pick a team. It wasn't like ah oh, should I? Shouldn't I? It was like right. Who am I taking? Like <laughs> I like this sport. Who's my who's my team?
1: Almost before I'd watched know, my first game, team. it was like right. Who's my team going to be? Who am I going to watch? Yeah,
0: who am I going to who am I going to follow? I don't love it. I that's I, I don't know. It's, ab- it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest. It's
1: absolute madness, and and yeah, so good. We should get some sort of psychologist on here to explain it to us.
0: Yeah, next week, Doctor Fraser Crane joins the show <laughs> to talk about uh, <laughs> the
1: psychology behind sports fandom.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh dear. Did you um? Uh, yeah.
0: Something completely different.
1: Have you Have you seen anything else about the changes
0: to goalie equipment? Because I saw that there was something that they'd changed the, uh, was it the chest, the chest area, and was it the shoulders, and they'd made them smaller, essentially.
1: Is is this a thing then, that was like it was passed as a rule late last off season, so they couldn't actually yeah. implement it, and like because goalies couldn't get the gear in time or something, and now it's being introduced. I haven't heard anything more.
0: Yeah, and it was agreed on at the. Um... Was it the GM meeting, board of like,
1: governors, or something? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that was it. Yeah, something like that, and they did, they basically agreed to it. Um, I don't know. I have a I have a slight concern with go- all the equipment around those particular areas being a bit smaller and a bit thinner.
1: Well, I, um, I think when the puck's blasted that. Yeah, but the point is, like, it's gotten ridiculously big. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's so beyond the pale of of what you need to be sufficiently protected that it is just being used as as. You know, not padding for protection, but padding like, like you know, stuffing your pants and a sock.
0: <laughs> but then, and again, and they're doing it because you know, obviously, they want more goals. Are you a, are you in are you in the camp of we need more goals, or are you in the camp of it's fine?
1: Um, I don't think we need more goals, but I think I don't know, like um. More more goals would be good, and like more offense would be good. to To find a way to have a, have more exciting games would be good. But I'm, I'm alright with it. Like it's not, yeah, yeah it's I'm fine with it. It's not, a, and I think it's terrible. I, think, I think, think we're in
0: the minority. I think we're in the minority. I think the I think the vast majority of people are like, yeah, we want way more goals, which I don't get because I think well, okay, six five games are exciting because they're not the norm. If every game was six five, then you'd be like, "Well, God, that game finished eleven twelve. That was way more exciting than the six five game."
1: Or, or you go the other way and you say, "Oh, we need less goals because this is getting ridiculous. A goal doesn't mean anything anymore."
0: Yeah, exactly. I, that's and I've always said that I like the fact that a hockey game can finish one nil. I like that. That makes the goal so important. It's so important to get that goal. You know, I think I mean, it's you know it's obviously rare that it finishes one nil, but it can and that's why it's exciting.
1: I think I'd be more for um, rules that sort of generate more offensive chances and have more sort of end-to-end hockey than strictly ones that are going to give you more goals. You know what I mean? Like, I'd sooner get rid of the offside yeah. rule completely than make the nets bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think...
1: Because um... like, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than watching a game of, of two teams... Go back and forth within the neutral zone because nobody can bloody you know make a good exit or entry. <laughs> I want I want to see a way to to pad the shot clock more than the. Obviously, that would lead to more goals, but I'm I'm fine with the average game finishing two one or three two as long as we get a decent amount of shots and not any of this like 16, 12 nonsense that we've become accustomed to at some points. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think we're, uh, I think we're in the minority there, but I'm fine with the goals. I'm fine with it. Um, what else we got here? Okay,
1: at the bottom of the bag. No,
0: this was something. No, this was this was something else. It, <laughs> this only happened yesterday or the day before. Fucking the rumor Eric Carlson to the Canucks,
1: which. Oh, yes, yeah, this was, this was Freeman yesterday, well. wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you something, Will. If you gave me 30, 30 guesses at where Eric Carlson was going to get traded to, the Canucks was going to maybe be 48.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're forgetting that Jim Benning runs the show now, Dan, so all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's a Carlson for Besser and Horvat on a first.
1: But I mean, the. The more I've seen people talk about it, and you know, it made me think about it, I can I can see it I can see it happening because the Canucks are a team that are very unwilling to go into a rebuild. They think they're still competitive. They plan to still be competitive, and to be honest, not that I'm saying they should get rid of these young assets, but they do have the young assets, and to 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 make a move for him. They've got a lot of good young players. Whether or not you know they're good, they're better than other prospects on the on the table. Is it's hard to say, but they've you know we we talk so often about oh so and so could go to whatever team, but you know they don't quite have the pack. You know it's not being able to not not about being willing to give it up. It's not about not being able to give it up. The Canucks have yeah. have you know the assets to go for pretty much anyone in the NHL. I'd say. Should they? That point. Absolutely but then,
0: not. Yeah, but then. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why would they? Like, the whole point of. The whole thing with the draft is, yeah, it's great having picks. It's great having these young players, but they've got to be good. They've got to be like. You know, teams like. It's the thing about, like, you know, teams are always gambling on futures, and you, you hope all those. You know, you hope those players will blossom and gel into something that you can use on an NHL level. And if you've got a bunch of those players ready to go, then. You know, don't don't give them away, because you know that's the point of drafting and all that kind of thing.
1: Well, on the flip um, side of that, Dan, something that I've seen banded around a lot and I love as an idea is like, you know, say take Quinn Hughes for example. Yeah, great, great young D prospect. They yeah. just drafted in the in the draft this year. What, uh, seventh, fifth, eighth, whatever it was, high draft pick, <laughs> fan. 29th? All the numbers. All well, the numbers. Yeah, name, name me a number, like yeah. You, know, you look at Quinn Hughes. You think right. We've got a we've got a fantastic young player here. Chances are he's going to be a great D man. He might be a top parent D man. Hell, with any luck, he might turn into Eric Carlson. Why wouldn't you trade that potentially Eric Carlson for actually Eric Carlson? Because.
0: Because you're get okay. This is my this is the thing that I think teams are. I think if if Eric Carlson was I know this is gonna sound absolutely insane. Everyone knows I think Eric Carlson's gonna want if not max deal, as close to max as he's gonna get. Is that 10 million, 11 million? I don't know. Is it eight years, seven years? I don't know. But he's gonna want a lot of term and a lot of cash. And I think I'm wondering if teams are now looking at players like, like I said, like before, like fucking Seabrook and whoever else, you know, like all the guys who've signed these ridiculous contracts, gonna be that, like Brent Burns even. Brent Burns, still a great player, don't get me wrong, a great player, don't get me wrong. But I'm wondering now if teams are looking at these players, like your actual Eric Carlson and thinking, do we want to be on the hook for this guy when he's 38, 39? Maybe with, an, you know, flaring up injuries that have come from, you know, playing on one leg for fucking half a season or whatever he did. When we've actually got a player here who's what, nineteen twenty, and we could have for the next fourteen years, fifteen years. And I think that's maybe I don't know if teams are doing that now, but I wonder if that's what teams are looking at. And that's why they're not willing to take that chance with Eric Carlson.
1: It's it's a hard thing where on paper Yeah, you take the player that has a track record of being a fantastic player, but then in in reality, you have so many other mitigating factors to to the trade. But then, yeah, there's so many
0: variables.
1: the The other question I'll ask you, Dan: A player of Carson's talent level, because yeah, the the expectation, because we we can't say for certain that injuries are going to suddenly cause a decline in Carson's play because it hasn't happened yet. So based off of what we know from the last few years is even a couple of years of peak Eric Carlson better and, you know, worth more, no matter what you're paying him, than what you might end up with Quinn Hughes. Like say say Quinn Hughes ends up as just a good top four defenceman, which is still fantastic, you know, if he turns into like a I don't know, like a Jared Spurgeon type player. Still, a, yeah. still a great player. I'd love to have Jared Spurgeon on my team, but is two years of Eric Carlson putting up bloody seventy-five points from your back line more valuable than than Jared Spurgeon for fourteen years?
0: That's a great question. That is a great question.
1: Obviously, again, it's a, it's um, another hard one because I don't personally well, it think that. On,
0: again, it, it depends on what team he goes to. Yeah, doesn't absolutely,
1: it? absolutely. Like,
0: Eric Carlson already plays for a team that's not very good with actual, like that has some good players on it. So he's just going to swap one for another if he goes to Vancouver. Hmm. But then like you say, if, if you think, you know, if, like say the rumor, but you know, Tampa and all that kind of thing. If you go to, well, yeah, fucking too, right. If you go to Tampa, <laughs> Fuck, that's just ridiculous. You know, then you're looking at like, okay, like we've got a legitimate super team here. Um, so that's what I mean. Like, yeah, if you're the GM of a team wanting Eric Carlson, if you've got the prospects, yeah, I would probably I would probably take the risk. I probably would. And just be like, yeah, he's not injured. It's, it's worth taking it. But this was going to be my eventual point anyway about the whole Eric Carlson thing was, I just think this is all bullshit anyway. And I just think it's fucking Melnick and Dorian fucking kicking bins like a pair of dirty raccoons trying to get fucking... <laughs> News go in and like, oh yeah, Rick Carlson, I forgot he was still available, kind of thing. Because it's like we said before, we said last week, last time on the show, it's insane that he hasn't moved yet. Because he wants out, they want him out, teams want him, but he still hasn't moved. Because clearly they're just they, you know, they. In my opinion, and it's not been said. Nothing's been said. They're just pricing him out. They're, he's they're just asking for too much.
1: Yeah, they're they're asking for the moon and they're being offered a rock.
0: Yeah. No, not even that. I think they're being offered like, you know, five of the seven great wonders and they're like, no, we want all seven. Like, come on, you're getting five great wonders here. Nope, seven. Fine, fuck it, I'll see you later. Yeah, this is the thing like... To to ransom. Yeah,
1: if there was a... uh, If there was a deal that we were willing to take, they'd have taken it by now. That's what I'd, I think. It'll, I think it will get into. it will probably be traded this year, this calendar year. But it's going to get to you know Matt Duchesne sort of time, and then they're finally going to have to say, "All right, all right, fine. Let's let's go. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Whatever." Um Yeah, I, I do think it's weird. It's weird. So, Sorry,
0: well, we, let's mention. Uh, should we mention Randy Lee as well?
1: God, mate. So what I say? He's he's resigned, but he's not been oh. charged, or
0: yeah. I wonder if um, well, I can't. Anything is pure speculation. But we, I, I messaged you saying like, <laughs> okay, so the Randy Lee thing. He's resigned, just to add like more fuel to the barnfire that is the uh, our senators right now. Um. I think it's in the best interest of everyone that he did. It was about time. I think... Charged or not, unfortunately, even if he's done nothing, like, you know, fucking shit sticks. And even if you've done nothing, um, that kind of thing just follows you around, and it's not
1: good. Especially Um, what he's been accused of is something that you can't... Yeah, exactly. you, Um, You can't shake, and... And, yeah, I mean... Yeah, we, we don't know the full story, but quite frankly, he's, he's been accused of it. And if you're in a position where you can be accused of it and not, you know, um, undoubtedly refute it and disprove it, then uh, there's always going to be those questions, aren't there? So I think ultimately exactly. he doesn't... Eat. If it was weird to say, but he's made the right decision to resign, I think... Yeah, he absolutely shouldn't be involved with a hockey club anymore. Um, whether legal action should be taken against him, whether he should be sentenced or anything is is not uh, not something that I'm in a position to comment on. But yeah, he absolutely shouldn't be working for an NHL team anymore, I'll tell you that.
0: And I do think maybe, as we all know, uh, Eugene likes his cheapness. In a cost-cutting measure, Pierre Duran's going to be his own GM's assistant, which is interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just gonna pass the phone back into to himself having a, having a conversation. Like Jim Benning's gotta do now.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> it's the new craze. I think the uh, the OHL team, the sixty sevens, is gonna have a deeper front office than the Ottawa Centres are this year. <laughs>
0: That's so true.
1: It's just gonna be it's gonna be think, think Eugene going to be and Pierre sharing an office. Maybe even sharing a desk. Who knows, like either side of it. Yeah. And, uh,
0: but with seventeen phones for all the different jobs you have to cover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which one's that? Oh, it's the popcorn vendor guy. Yeah. Hello, Pierre's popcorn.
0: Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Who's that on the phone? Oh, it's the guy who runs. Oh shit. I I was going to say like it's the guy who runs like the uh, the jersey sales over at Vancouver. Oh hi Jim. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> What phone are we on? We're on the Jersey phone. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Have you got a trade? Yeah, remember back on the other line. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't talk about trades, we're on the wrong phone. On the wrong phone. We need the trade phone. Get me
1: the trade phone. <laughs> oh dear. Speaking I'm of what a shit show. Speaking of our beloved senators, I um Oh yeah. I booted up a website. I haven't booted up since oh probably you know, mid June down to uh yesterday. It was old, uh, old, really tankathon.com. Oh, no way, <laughs> just because I thought, I just thought, oh, I want to have a little look, I want to have a look at Colorado getting the first overall pick. And I tell you what, I did the first, uh, I did, I did a little randomizer, and um, yeah, bam, straight, straight away, Colorado <laughs> with the first overall pick. I'm so <laughs> mate, like, I, I know we talk about it a lot, but I just Every, it feels like every week I just re-remember that Colorado have that pick and it's absolutely loopy absolutely loopy because yeah you
0: know, that, that, that go on yeah go on, see, see what you said to me what sent to me about Matt Duchesne in that, in that message
1: oh yeah just the fact that <laughs> chances are Matt Duchesne is not is going to leave the Ottawa Senators he will no longer be a senator before that pick is even used it's, which is just <laughs> the ludicrous I think oh, it <laughs> like oh my God. mate it's it's madness and like yeah you know, chances are it's not going to end up being the first overall pick the chances are it's not going to turn into jack hughes or, or maybe even not a top three pick but you've got to be you know a lot of stars have to align for it to not be a top 10 pick and probably even the top five pick Look, i'm just so it's ludicrous it is loopy like, because I really wouldn't be surprised if Colorado make the playoffs again. Like their young players are already getting better, you know, more experience and all that. And, and let's be quite frank, they have got a yeah. good team now. Like they made the they made the playoffs last year. You can't discount them from that. They can make the playoffs and have a top five pick and add another incredible prospect that prospect pool, and that is just scary.
0: And look good against the Preds as well. Like did them against they surprised me. I was. Pleasantly surprised by them against the press.
1: but Well, that's what happens when you've got a young superstar like Nathan McKinnon and he's finally coming into his own. Yeah.
0: Not being dragged down by the aforementioned Matt Duchesne, who now looks like he's some kind of... No, oh, I can't say that word. What's the word?
1: He's like, he's like, a, like the uh... angel of death
0: yeah. for like hockey teams. He's like Colorado, absolute shite. Matt Duchesne gets traded. Oh, God, they made the playoffs. Ottawa, one goal away from the Stanley Cup final. If Matt Duchesne joins the team, everything's on fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the players are taking each other to court. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a thing now for me as well. That's the side story. If Matt Duchesne goes to another team, what happens to that? I want to see what happens to that team. When... But again, again, it's probably just coincidence. I understand. Matt Duchesne's not going in there actively trying to ruin teams, but it is int- it is funny. That is a funny thing that happened.
1: Yeah, you, you know what's going to happen he's going to end up on the Sharks and then whatever terrible things happen to the Sharks are going to get blamed on Evander Kane, so he's going to get away with it. <laughs>
0: and that, uh, Yeah, I, ho- I hope he leaves now just for my little just my little brain, my little social experiment, my little Matt Duchesne experiment, like what's going to happen to that team he gets traded to. Is like he's he's going to suddenly, for some reason, fall off a
1: cliff. He's like a plague. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than a a, rather than a plague of locusts, it's a plague of Matt Duchesne's. <laughs> oh
0: God, poor Matt Duchesne. <laughs> I We we cast we cast aspersions on somebody a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I can't. I can't remember who it was now. We, we do so though, it so regularly, it just
1: doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't resonate anymore.
0: Yeah, we're saying Matt Duchesne's a plague. Bloody hell.
1: Man, I'm I'm well, really excited for next year when uh um, Me too. When, uh, not uh, sorry, not this coming season, the twenty uh the nineteen twenty season. When, uh, when was first line is Mikhail Bodka, um <laughs> a very unprepared Colin White, and then Mikhail Gabrick. Um uh, no. What's his name? Marion Gabrick. Marion, that's the one. Marion Gabrick on the right side, it's gonna be incredible. I
0: just so much look forward to it. I'm so- Sens fans again, just quickly. I am sorry, but there's so much for there's so much to look forward to this year with the Sands. There's so much to look forward to. They they really because like, like we, if we, something's going to be bad, I want it to be really bad. <laughs> this is really
1: bad. This is it. We talk about teams being bad, but like, I don't think I've seen a team hit rock bottom. And I think we absolutely yeah. are going to see like. Like we're still at a point where things can get worse for the senators, and it's just going to get to the point where they have a lineup filled with Bonkers and Gabricks and Bobby Ryan's, and yeah, they're going to end up with they're going to trade for Lucic, they're going to bloody bring Mike Richards back from the dead and give him four years and seven million a year. Like it's it's just going to be incredible. I can't, I really can't wait. Cody Ceci is going to be their top line D man by default. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna achieve his potential. He's just gonna be the only one who's not like Jonathan Erickson levels are bad.
0: Oh man. The season can't come quick enough. Yeah. You? There we go then. Speaking of the season, this hey. is something we wanted to talk about. This is something we wanted to talk about. We just wanted to do a little quick look, didn't we, about teams that missed the playoffs this year and which of those do we think could get back in? And which of those do we think have got? Even a chance of getting back in. Um, so, do you want to start at the bottom and work our way up, or start at the top and work our way down to the worst team? What do you want to do? I
1: either way because I've got a pretty short list of teams who I think could bounce back into the playoffs.
0: Okay, then. It, we'll go. We'll start at the top then because it's funny. We'll save that. We'll save the worst teams towards the end because that's more fun. I guess
1: the the thing with this exercise is a is it's a bit of a hard one because there are very few teams looking at who made the playoffs last year that I think are necessarily gonna fall out yeah there's there's a couple that yeah I, I wouldn't bet on making again but even then like, I could I could see it being the same 16 teams back next year so I think it really I mean I don't I don't think it will be but yeah that to be honest, there's only one team. That I, No, there isn't. No, I don't. I don't think there's a single team in there that I'm convinced won't make the playoffs next year.
0: But here's the thing, though. Will. teams always. There's a team that will always drop off. There's a team that will always drop out. There are teams that will always surprise us, like the Devils did this year, like the uh, like the Avalanche did this year. There's always going to be that team that goes like, "Holy shit, they made the playoffs." Well, that's a, a good, and it's you know, it's like a well done them. A good like the wild, like the wild, fucking. I don't think people maybe thought they were going to get in. Everyone again the start of season. Everyone's like, oh, you know, the Blackhawks are sure. You know, they'll they'll get back in. They always get back in. You know, they always do that. Nope. People were picking the Hurricanes. People were picking the Flames. People were picking the Stars. People were picking the Blues. Those teams didn't. You know, they they drop out. They don't make it. And other teams then surprise and it's just the way it is. And I, I'd be God tell you, dude. If, if all if the same sixteen teams make it next year, I'll show my ass in fucking Greg's window. I'll tell you. It's a bit of pray that they don't.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody needs that. Absolutely nobody needs no one, that.
0: No one needs that. But so I disagree. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying I can say, oh, for sure, this team's going to be in. But there's always going to be surprises.
1: Oh, always. absolutely, absolutely. But my my point really is, I'm looking at the at the list of sixteen who made it last year, and there's nobody the The only teams that really jump out as all they probably shouldn't have made it are like you said the Devils and the Avalanche, and their young teams on the up and up. Like Nico Hische is only going to get better for the Devils. Will Butcher's only going to get better. They've got other other young players coming through who are going to be contributors for them. And same with the Avalanche, like they like Sam Gerard's going to be a better defender next year. Tyson Yost, like yeah, you know, all their younger players are, are going to be better in theory. So like. Yeah, there's not like... like if, if the Canucks had made it, like they made it a few years ago, there's nobody there that's like, oh, yeah, they absolutely shouldn't have been there last year and they haven't gotten better. So it's, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season because like you say, there's a bunch of other teams that should be vying for a playoff spot and should probably be in there. But then who do you take out?
0: Here we are then. I'm going to give you... Because I like to, as my um, what was the word as my playoff prediction sheet tells you, I'll stick my neck on the line sometimes, and I'll go, yeah, I'll I'll put myself out there, and hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I oh, yeah, it's fine. And as we learned from this season, you can't fucking predict anything in hockey. So <laughs> if I'm gonna get any grief for this, you can all shut up, because you don't know as much. Nobody knows anything. We know that now. No one knows anything. Or your statisticians, or your fucking media guys, or the fans. No, we don't know nothing. The fucking final was Vegas versus Washington. So, all right. Here, here's who, here's who I think could drop out, on the reasons why. Again, they might not seem like simple, like sensible reasons now, but I'm just going to go because I don't want to say like, well, all the teams will be back. The Knights could drop out for me. I really think there's not that lightning in the bottle thing anymore there's not that kind of it's us against the world now once you get to a cup final sorry you're you're now just another team and there's an expectation can they can they the Cinderella run is over in that sense because even if they make it the only way they're going to do it next year is if they win the cup because it'll still be a good achievement if they get to the playoffs of the first or the second round but it's not they've already done it and I think the team is a. I think that team's a little bit weaker than it was last year.
1: Well, it's all it's ultimately the same team so th- as as last year. Really they've swapped out um yeah, obviously I've added Thomas Tatar last year, I've added Paul Statsny, but they've lost David Perron and they've lost James Neal. So for me it's it's essentially the same team. And this is a team that we were writing off as yeah, but not Tatar, being Tatar
0: a, didn't Thomas Tatar didn't. Didn't get much game time in the playoffs, did he? No. He was, um, there was something there. There was something I didn't like about him. Against Dastny, good player. I don't know. Is he good, can he can he? I
1: don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to move the needle necessarily.
0: Yeah. Is there still going to be that kind of togetherness? Like I said, us against the world kind of mentality with Vegas. I'm not so sure. Um,
1: they could easily turn back into a pumpkin this season. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, they could. They could. So that's one team. I think maybe. Um, the Wild. Yeah. Uh, I think for sure could. Could definitely miss out. I um, they added anybody. I don't think they've even added anybody. Have they? Uh,
1: they've added. They've added a few, but it's all sort of peripheral pieces. They've added like. Um, Greg Patterin, they've added, uh, who's going to expose himself as a pumpkin this season. A whole lot of pumpkins around the NHL. Uh, Who else have they added? I'm trying to remember. Um, Yeah, like players like JT Brown and Matt Hendricks. It's all just sort of periphery, periphery, bottom six kind of players. Eric Fair. Like it's all just players who aren't going to move the needle. Again, it's, it's you know, obviously they're going to have players like Jordan Greenway coming up and, and playing a full season who they'd hope will make more of a contribution and like Joel eriksson X should improve on the good season he had last year. But yeah, I think, yeah, unless you're getting another 40-goal season out of Eric Stahl, like I don't think they're going to be as good and they could be a candidate for a team such as the Blues or the Stars or the Flames or someone to hop over them in that wildcard spot.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing I was thinking. Like, are you going to get another forty-two goals that are broke this year? Uh, I don't think they are, um, because again, because again, in the I mean, God, in the playoffs, they just didn't. I don't know. They're one of the few teams in the playoffs. Where I was just kind of like, meh with I wasn't sort of oh Yeah, they're like they really deserve to be here. They've really shown me something. I mean, they did deserve to be there because the records suggest that. But I don't know. Again, one of those teams. I'm thinking, yeah. The wild for sure could drop out, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, they'd be hard um, on my list. This one might surprise you a little bit,
0: but there is, again, some kind of method to my madness here. Is this the year... I'm going to put it like that. Is this the year that the Ducks finally succumb to age?
1: I think finally succumb to age.
0: <laughs> age. Perry, Getzlaff, Kessler. Is this the year that they finally stop... I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about trading Crowe period of the week, but is this year that these ages of these players finally catches up to them and they just hit the decline?
1: I'd I'd be inclined to agree with you, but the problem is after the woeful year they had injury-wise last year, I don't see how the effects of aging can make them any worse. You know what I mean? Like they've already persevered through that sort of hardship, which is why I'm inclined to not say the Ducks aren't going to fall off I think I'm I'm with you in the fact that it's going to happen at some point, but when you're missing you know a good chunk of your best players for most of the season, like they did last year, I don't, I don't know, I can't bet against them, you know. I'm just
0: looking. I'm just looking at the Pacific as well.
1: Well, Pacifics a played terrible division. I think on on that note of age finally catching up with you, I'd sooner see the Kings drop off than the Ducks.
0: Well, that was going to be. Uh... <laughs> You jumped ahead of me there, young Will. Um, <laughs> A little bit of leapfrog, I maybe, yeah. Like maybe the—I mean, maybe the Kings. You know, I was going to—that was going to be my kind of the same point I was going to make was that yeah, age for the Kings is it? Is this the year? Is this the year? I mean, again, I mean, Christ, Kopitar last year was—I mean, just lights out, unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, maybe my. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe the third or fourth best player. I, I, you know, actually, kind of. When I watched other teams play, he's maybe the third or fourth player that I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, he is just—he's doing everything. Um, yeah, the Kings is another one of my teams. Um, again, I'm not saying that all these teams will fall out, but these are the teams I would think. Well, if you're going to pick anybody, these are the ones I would kind of. I would think. Yeah, Kings for you,
1: maybe age. Yeah, I I think there's definitely uh, something to be said there for uh, for the Kings having a terrible year, but it's yeah, it's it's, it's hard to say, really, isn't it? Like they've added Covey, and I think in yeah yeah he should be a good fit there, and yeah, that's that's another upgrade at the end of the year, the end of the day. So like, it's again, as you said, Dan, no, nobody knows anything. On, on paper, the, the Kings are just as good a team as they were last year. And and again, similarly to the Ducks, they were missing Jeff Carter for the bulk of the year. And for me, Jeff Carter is still a fantastic player. So a full season of, of that team with you adding the and basically re-add Jeff Carter, they should be able to achieve what they achieved last year. But <laughs> yeah, player, but you never know. Pl- yeah, plenty of teams <laughs> that are completely unable to do that. So I, th- I think they're vulnerable. And I think... I think I'd be surprised if we saw four teams come out of the Pacific again. I think you'll have a five out of the Central and three out of the Pacific this season.
0: You see, now you've made a for your own back. Go on, Will. Give me a five out of the Central, then. All okay,
1: right, so Nashville, Winnipeg. You had to say it. Nashville, Winnipeg. Yeah. The Blues. The Avalanche. And the Stars, I think.
0: You fucking homer. Um, what a, oh God, I knew you'd pick the Stars. Absolute the homer.
1: It's disgusting, isn't absolute it? Absolute
0: homer pick. One eye pick. Typical uh, media bias.
1: you got <laughs> that Texas media bias. Um, <laughs> I, d- I just don't think that Eric is going to do what he did last year. at all. And if he doesn't do that, okay. they haven't got a top line centre, basically. Um, That's, true. That's true. For the Wild, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah
0: breaking breaking news for you, hockey folks. Forty goals, hard to replace. Yeah. Or not. Ne-
1: never would have guessed. No, oh, yeah. Um, and then the three from the Pacific will be San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> See, the three from
0: the Pacific is really hard. Once you narrow it down to, th- if you say three, I'm like, really? Okay, that's tricky now.
1: I think it's going to be the Sharks, the Knights. See, the problem is, apart from the Sharks, I don't like any of the Pacific teams to make the playoffs. Like, I don't like them any more than the others.
0: Yeah, can we not do 7-1? Is that possible?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, you've, you've got sort of tiers. So you've got, like... Even the Sharks aren't necessarily a, a for-sure thing i say you've got, like, the Sharks are, are the number one. They're the ones I'm going to go for. And then you've got, like, yeah. the Knights, the Kings, the Flames, and to, to an extent the Oilers, because you've got Colin and David there, and they're still a good team on paper, as, like, another four that could make it. And then you've got, like, the Canucks and the Coyotes. Um but then even the Coyotes can have a decent year, and it's such a shabby comfort, uh, such a shabby division that they could squeeze it into a third spot. So, Dude,
0: Coyotes being talked up all summer, haven't they? Like it's everyone's like hot sleeper pick, which is now not a hot sleeper pick because everyone's saying, "Oh, the Coyotes could do something next year. Look out."
1: They're they basically the and that's like even Hurricanes West now, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but again, like you say, because the Pacific is such a kind of is it the weakest
1: division? Well, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it is.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, looking at it. So like, yeah, there's a chance of coyotes get in. So, <laughs> so you got the sharks and the knights. All right, one more.
1: <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna have to go for the ducks. It's gonna be sh- sharks, knights, and ducks is my August prediction. Because I think, sharks, knights, ducks. I think the flames, the flames have gone a lot better... Well, not gotten a lot better. They've lost Dougie Hamilton. They've gotten better in a lot of areas with adding, like, James Neal and Lindholm and, and if if Hannafin blossoms, it's going to be fantastic. But they're just that sort of team that I don't quite see pulling it all together again. I don't have enough faith in them to actually do it, you know?
0: No, I agree. I agree. Um...
1: But it's... <laughs> It's hard making predictions in August, Dan. I'm not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. But I think, like you know, like you said, we were looking at like could teams drop out, could teams jump in. So what did I? So who did I pick to drop out then? So I said that Vegas could, Wild could, Ducks could, and the Kings could. Yeah, those are the four I thought. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, if the Ducks and the Kings drop out. I would. I would. I thought maybe. The, I thought maybe the Flames. Again, it's. Again, it's that thing with the Flames. Like, how many times have we said, "Oh, maybe this year could be the only you know they put it together and maybe try and finally do something." They've changed some things around. They've got rid of that museum visiting bastard. So that's something. Um,
1: yeah, I think if I think if neither the Ducks nor the Kings make it, then I'd pencil Calgary in as my third team.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think I'd even have him think, ahead I, of I, ahead of the Kings if the Ducks don't make it for my yeah thoughts. Yeah.
0: And I agree with you. I agree with your five um, from the Central as well. I think that's a I think that's pretty solid. But I mean, Chicago, like you say, it's still only got nine players. Is it nine forward
1: side? <laughs> so <laughs> you know I mean? something stupid like that, mate. What what a world! I th- I'm just trying to think what um. No, we can't get on to that. We haven't, we can't be doing this. Can't go on, on some crazy tangent. Um how about the then then, Dad? What's the
0: tangent we can do it next time. Well what I, the we can do it next time.
1: I was just gonna say they've gotta bring up players from from Rochester to fill in the uh not Rochester, Rockford, to uh to fill yeah, in the gaps.
0: Fill in the spaces, Who, yeah, who's it gonna be? But again,
1: I'm having a quick little look. Who the fuck are you gonna bring up that's gonna be any good? Especially now that they've gotten rid of... Um, I don't know, they do have 14 forwards. They've only got uh, 60 men. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Just part of the problem.
0: Doesn't help. No, does not, not ideal. Not mm. ideal. Not ideal. So, uh, the teams I think that could jump in to the playoffs yeah. this year. Uh, obviously, I think the Blues... Uh, mentioned the stars. Mentioned the flames.
1: <sighs> My
0: other wild, wild, wild pick. Oh, God, it's gonna, this this is one that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. I think the sabers. Oh, I think I love the moves they've made. I think they've. Totally, I mean, they've t- completely, completely turned that team around in the space of, well, since the trade deadline. I mean, adding six new players, we talked about it last time. Um, I think there's going to be, like, maybe a renewed, knowing as well that they've got maybe, well, they've got, you know, maybe uh, got four first round picks over the next two years, maybe, like, a renewed sense of hope, like, okay, we've got a good team now, Got some. we're going to have some more young players coming through that are going to be really good. I think they could jump in there I really do Um I think the top I think the, oh god I think the Bruins are going to fall off a little bit this year but not not much I think they'll still make it Um Lightning and Leafs obviously and I think the Sabres are the team that that, that jumps in
1: you don't think that's going to end up as five teams from the, from the Metro again
0: no I don't I don't Um
1: See, I, I think it's interesting that you've picked four from the Atlantic, and you haven't chosen the Panthers as being that fourth.
0: My thing with the Pan, my thing with the Panthers is, is that when does their when does their goaltending like catch up? Again, it's same like again, it's an age thing. At what point? At what point does that? At what point does that become a hindrance? That okay, at so, like at some point. They're going to have to replace uh, Luongo, and he's he's not going to be the guy anymore. Can James Reimer do it? I mean, maybe,
1: but I don't know. The the problem with James Reimer, I think, as a replacement, like he's a perfectly fine goalie, but he's thirty as well. Not as not as well, yeah. but like Luongo is thirty nine and James Reimer's thirty, so it's not like you've got a young goalie incoming and, in and taking over the between the pipes for him. You've uh, I know. he's ultimately going to be. Yeah, an an older goalie, and and looking at it now, his contract ends before Luongo's does anyway. Obviously, has no has has no bearing on on who's going to be between the pipes for him. But yeah, the the future's not necessarily bright in net for the Panthers.
0: In the same reason, I picked um, the Blue Jackets, and you know, in the in the playoffs. Because there's always that crazy team, which bizarrely ended up being the Caps. I was right. There is a and the and the Knights, there were two crazy teams, and I said there's always an outlier team that you just don't think is going to do anything. And I think that this year that's the Sabres. There's always that team that just kind of like holy shit, how did they make like the, light, the like like the Avalanche? Like how did, how did the Avalanche make the playoffs? Like that's impossible. Like they were they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. And then like they fucking trade the Shane away, got all those pieces. There's a renewed sense of something it turns it around and I think the same thing might happen for the Sabres this year now obviously if that's the case someone's dropping out of the metro God I, I don't want to say it because I know I'm just going to get grief for it <laughs> No, I'm just going to get grief for it Ugh. can Taylor Hall do it again because let's be honest he is the only reason he's the only reason that team got to the playoffs and I'm wondering I don't know I'm just wondering can he do it again
1: I only for th- I'm gonna say no he can't do exactly what he did again <laughs> can he score 93 I points just... probably not
0: I mean I mean God he's bought into the team and he's happy to drag them around you know he dragged them around and he, he enjoyed doing that like he he reveled then in becoming the man for that team, but I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was them that dropped off. Because I think I think the other teams I think the other teams in there that that got to the playoffs I think they're just too strong as a team. You know, there's too many good pieces all over the team, not just like the one guy. Um, I mean that Christ. I mean that might change if um, if Panarin gets traded away or something. I like I don't know. I maybe mean, maybe I mean Columbus, I still like Columbus as a team. I think they still have good players. But you know, Panarin getting maybe traded away. Bobrovsky's in the last year of his contract, without having any bearing? I don't know. So I mean it could be Columbus or the Devils. Um but I just like I just like the Jackets more collectively with what they've got than the Devils.
1: Yeah I, I think I'm with you. I think they um the Jackets are undoubtedly a, a better team. And and yeah, I think if if it was a team to pick to to drop out, I'd I'd have to go with the Devils out of the Metro. But I just yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you're convincing me more and more. But I think I'd I'd swap the Devils for the Panthers. I can't see the but The Sabres are going to be better. They're not going to be the worst team in the league again. But are they going to go from thirty first to, to 16th I don't think they are.
0: Yeah. But there you go. You see, you see, you started off saying you think all sixteen teams are probably going to make it again, and now you not so sure, right? Oh no! I've I, changed your mind a little. I've changed your mind a little bit.
1: I said, I said, I could see all sixteen teams. Not that I think it's going to happen.
0: No, I think you said. I think you said for sure, definitely, on the life of my child, it will happen. I'm pretty sure that's what you said.
1: <laughs> what What I said was yeah. the eighteen nineteen season is going to go exactly the same as the seventeen eighteen season went, minute for minute. Yeah.
0: I've already bet my future mortgage on the caps to win the cup, because it's gonna go exactly the same.
1: I'm pretty sure that's what said. It's it's undoubtable. It's it's irrefutable at this yeah. point.
0: It, it's irrefutable. Completely irrefutable. So there we go. That's 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 my uh that's my picks of teams that could miss out and maybe jump in again in fucking August before Eric Carlson gets traded and fucking uh, Artemi Panarin and both get traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for some for like <laughs> all of them for their fifty-five picks that they have.
1: It's, it's gonna be Carlson, Duchesne and Stone and Panarin to uh to the Golden Knights for Ryan Reeves
0: <laughs> I was waiting for the for the other side of that deal then. <laughs> you didn't disappoint me no
1: Well why would I? Fucking Ryan Reeves. Huh? Alright then. What was that?
0: Christ You're not going to get robbed. You're not getting robbed are you? You're in the house by yourself?
1: Uh, No, there's plenty of other people in here, so I think I should be alright. Or at least, you know, if I do get robbed, it would be by someone I know, so that's the start. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Shall we uh, (laughs) we get out of here then? So you can go and confront this burglar? I think
1: we probably should. I've got a couple of fry ups to eat and uh, black pudding to prepare for the morning.
0: As you should, as you should. Okay, folks. Cheers, uh, listening. Thank you as always. Uh, on the Twitters uh, at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at
1: W E V E V E R E T T.
0: And there's the at two Brits one account as well. Number two, number one. Uh, if you're still listening, deep into the heart of August, and maybe you're on holiday, or maybe you've gone up to that lovely cabin you've got there in the uh, in northern Canada. Thank you very much. We appreciate it because it's just, uh is this Pete Doherty, fucking. <laughs> fry-up-based podcast sells us. There's not much news at the moment. So, cheers for sticking with us. Um, we're back in a couple of weeks, barring any huge trades. Will, any last words?
1: Fucking bring on training camp and board as shit.
0: <laughs> Please. Someone, somebody big get traded or something. Maybe we need to start a rumour or something. Just get it going.
1: No, No, Bye. no more rumours. No more... Yeah, Yeah, no more predictions, I just want action. I want bloody action.
0: Yeah. No more rumours, no more fucking Elliot Friedman listening to people up in Ottawa trying to stir the pot. Knock off, Elliot, you're better than
1: that. I want to see the fall of modern society before I see another Eric Carlson trade (laughs) rumour.
0: Jesus, dude, the scary thing is you might not be that far off. (laughs) Isn't that terrifying?
1: (laughs) When you've got that, that bloody hairpiece in the White House, anything can happen.
0: Anything can happen. Well, there we are, folks. On the uh, on the subject of maybe future my Hopefully, we'll talk to you in a few weeks, uh, we'll see you later.
1: Thanks.